Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society Podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and this is episode 213. Today I have a really fun interview with artist Eric Messenger, and um, I love his stuff. He does really cool graph or charcoal, actually, charcoal work primarily of monsters, which you know are my favorite thing in the world. And uh, it was really, really fun conversation because, you know, it's, it might sound like two old guys talking, but I still think the, the, the conversation's valid for any anybody of any age. But, um, you know, we're around the same age, so we were just talking about uh, a lot about the 70s and how crazy they were. Kind of fun. Anyway, lots of great stuff. Great interview. Really enjoyed talking with him and uh, excited to bring you this. Okay, so today is, let's see, it's Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. It's extremely hot out. Oh, 100 degrees right now. Not that I'm out going outside by any means, but I'm looking at my phone and it's 100 out. So I'm not stepping out. Been really hot here lately. Anyway. I don't like the heat. Um, <clears throat> so what's been going on with me? Okay, I got, let's see, got my Chaos show, Painting for. Uh, I sold my painting, um, my, my uh, painting the Dreamer at the LA Art Show through Copro Gallery. That was kind of cool. That was the one with the pink glow-in-the-dark frame and the glow-in-the-dark five on the forehead. I don't know if you've seen that. If you haven't seen it, you could see you could see it on uh, Patreon, my Patreon, patreon.com slash chetzar. I've got posting updates every day of the chaos paintings. It's my new show, my next show in October. Anyway, I got, uh, I pre-sold a bunch of those paintings, which is amazing. So I've got all except one started, which hopefully I'll be able to start this evening. So then I'll have all the pre-sold paintings started and I'm just busting my ass getting them done because I need to make a new frame corner for that. And um, so I could have new frames. Uh, my my f- f- molding that I u- have been using for the last, I don't know how many years, was discontinued. So my framer found another molding, which actually I like even better. So that's kind of cool. And uh, so uh, I got to make new corners just for the show because... I like to make new corners every show. So there's a lot to do, a lot to do. And I'm just working hard uh, early on. So I'm not, hopefully won't have all these all nighters at the end. Cause that's the worst. Nothing takes the fun out of painting, like having to finish something and being miserable and exhausted. So I'm trying to get my, you know, do the work ahead of time. So, that, so it's not such a rush at the end, but I'm sure it will be anyway. Okay, I didn't prepare anything, so let me go. Let's look at the uh, uh, new subscribers here. I didn't, I don't have this pulled up like I should. A lot going on. Oh, the other big thing is the Dystopia book is officially done. I just got, just, I haven't even looked at it. So, you know, uh, I have to double check all the corrections, the last round of corrections, but there was only like seven. And um, I'm sure she got them all. So that's exciting. The book is done. And now we are going over bids from all the book printing companies. Uh, 
And it's expensive. It's really expensive. It's like, you know, the cost of everything has gone up so much since since I uh, did the Kickstarter five years ago. <laughs> and uh, and also the book's twice as long because there, uh, there was that much material for it. So um, I've got, you know, I've got ways around it, though. So that's going to happen. Printing, it should go to print this month, and it should be ready three months from now. I'm not, it's not going to be ready for the show opening, unfortunately, which I was hoping for, but it will be ready for the holiday season. And I'm ordering, um, let me see, uh, like 600, I, I think 600 extra books. So 600 extra books will be available to, to, to sell to people who missed the Kickstarter the first time around. So that's cool. Um, all of the Hopefully I could sell sell those books and cover the extra costs that the, the book is costing because it's, you know, twice as much as I, I expected. Anyway, let's get on with um, the Dark Art Society Patreon subscribers, new subscribers. If you want to join, it's cheap, easy. You get access to the fa- secret Facebook group and... Uh, artist galleries that are on the show every month behind the scenes shots stuff like that it's great it's an amazing community talk to anybody in the dark art society community it's you know i've i that's one thing i hear all the time is how amazing the community is very supportive very cool people really great really an amazing environment um so let me pull this up Okay, if you want to join, did I say this? I just paused the recording so that I could pull this up. Patreon.com slash Dark Art Society. We we also have a website, darkartsociety.com, and there's exclusive content in there. We're just starting to populate. Lara Dan just wrote an awesome uh, little article in there for artists um about including extras in your packages and stuff i haven't read it yet because i'm not logged in but i saw it and it looks amazing it's it's a she's she's great she's awesome so anyway i just can't say enough about this community so and it's cheap it's only a dollar a month 25 cents an episode uh and it goes you know all the money goes to making this podcast happen and financing things like the Dark Art Society Sketchbook Project, which all the Dark Art Society members, Patreon members that are artists, are shipping around the world and drawing in the sketchbook page. And we're going to have these three amazing, I think it's three, sketchbooks with all this, all these sketches in it. It's going to be super awesome. And we've got a website coming for that project so you can track it. Um, Shane Isaacowski is kind of in charge of that. And... Anyway, lots of cool, great stuff happening in this community. Uh, anyway, here's the new subscribers. Uh, Ralph Johnston. Thank you, Ralph. And Dan Kelly with a really nice pledge. I appreciate that. If this is Manhands Dan Kelly, then I think it is Manhands. He's a really great painter I've been working with lately. And, uh, I've, but I've known him for a while. He collects my stuff and, and he's a really excellent artist and a really cool guy too. So thank you, man hands. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's it. Oh, 
I have a clarification for last week's synesthesia word of the week, which was Iris. And um, Randall Kelly texted me and was asking for clarification because I was kind of vague about what kind of candy it tasted like. And he threw out a, a couple of suggestions and I was like, that's it. It's those Valentine's Day candies, those little hearts, those weird chalky little hearts with the messages on them. That's what that's what the name Iris tastes like to me. I got a good one for today. Um, skeptic. This is one I've never thought of in my entire life, but I've always had this flavor associated with it. And for people who've never heard before, I've got a synesth- uh, I've got the the world's lamest synesthesia, where words and name na- uh, names have flavors, certain ones. Um, it's really weird, really dumb, but it's kind of funny. Anyway, so skeptic, skeptical, and skeptic both strongly taste like peanut butter. It's true, at least in my brain. All right. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this interview with Eric Messenger. Oh, Eric, I'll give you a double one. Eric tastes like um, cactus cooler. That You know, that soda. Okay. Two for one this week. All right. Hope you enjoy it. I have my count there. Uh, I screwed the whole beginning up. Hey, what the, what's up, Eric? <laughs> doing good, Ted. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, really glad to have you on. Thanks for coming to the show. Appreciate uh, it. Thanks for having me. It is it is truly a bucket list for me, I got to tell you. That's excellent. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I just saw your, you know, I usually do the, the, the uh, guests. Sometimes I'll schedule in advance. I schedule you a little in advance. I, I try and do it. Um, sometimes I'll just, you know, see something online. It's like, Oh, I wonder if this person would be interested. And I just ask them and then it just happens. But, um, uh, I don't know. I just been seeing so much of your work lately and I'm just yeah. like, who is this guy? <laughs> cause, <he's, laughs> Cause they're so great. I mean, you're like Thanks, such amazing, amazing, amazing monsters. They're amazing. They're so good. And I'm like, who is this guy? I mean, it's like, I, I, I at least on my radar, you've kind of flown under the radar, but I'm sure you must have been, you know, you're too good to not have been. I'm sure you have some career I don't know about because your stuff is so good. <laughs> it's awesome for you to say it. I wish I did. You know, I, it's a weird story. I've always kind of flown under the radar. Really? Yeah, I really have. I just, uh, you know, I've, I've there's been bits and pieces and times in my life where I kind of go mm. and then I get frustrated with it. And, uh, um, with the art world in general. And I, you know, I go back to graphic design. Hmm. I have a studio. So I go back to that, but I keep painting and I keep, you know, I keep doing my thing. And then periodically I kind of, you know, pull my head out of the sand and go, Hey guys, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've been doing a lot lately online though, right? You've been posting a lot of progress shots and posting videos and stuff on your YouTube channel, right? I have, I have, I, I, you know, I went from, doing this kind of well I, w- I went to this convention and i had like 36 finished paintings and they did damn. kind of what you said they said and where are you from and what are you doing you got to be doing something i mean like nothing i'm just painting that's so I'm crazy doing painting. 
<laughs> so they said, man, you need to start doing conventions. And so I said, all right, I'll start doing conventions. And it was a lot of fantasy-based stuff, full-color mm-hmm. digital work at that time, though. It was all digital. Mm. And uh, and so I went for it. I, you know, I, I designed a booth, and I went all out. And um, two years, year and a half, two years, and I lost my shorts. I I could not make a profit it doing ta- that. I Same. know, but it, but it takes the, – the thing about conventions that I found, it's like the first couple of years, it seems like people are – seeing if you're going to stick around or like uh, they're getting to know you, uh-huh. you know, that's how it was for me. Like the first couple okay. of years it was like, mm, it's a, you know, break even maybe or, yeah. lo- or lose a little money. And then once they, once they get used to seeing you, then they start buying. That's what I found like after okay. a couple of years. So well, I'm, I'm definitely going back. I'm, um, but I'm not doing, I, I kind of hung up the, the digital work and, uh, and to be honest with you, with you, I was inspired to go back to my oils, and I thought, man, I need to do oils. Right? Mm. So I spent a year just oil painting and doing kind of my thing in oil painting fantasy, and uh, and even though I liked it, it man, I could I just never could jive to it, you know. Mm. And I'd hear people talk about like you, you know, you could paint all night long. These people like I get into it, I could paint all night long, and I swear I was. I was like looking for an excuse to stop, you know, like you put down a perfect brush stroke and you're like done freaking <laughs> I walk away like an hour and a half later. And, uh, and so I can never get to it. So I went back to what I've always loved to do since I was a kid. And that was back to doing, to creating kind of abstracts and let my mind wander and see who visits me mm-hmm. and not plan it all out. Just right. let it go. And I can do that all night long and i said well that's got to be my jam then that's right. what i'm gonna you know definitely and so that's what i do now is i i just you know i, I work solely in charcoal at this point oh wow yeah and i create abstracts um kind of like uh vanessa lemon you know she creates those really cool yeah. abstracts yeah it's a lot like that as a matter of fact i'm taking her uh, her course that she's doing right now oh which cool. Is really cool yeah and, I should uh, take that. <laughs> my the series I'm working on now, it's like I was kind of inspired by her to get weirder, uh-huh. and I I it just it didn't. There's one painting that's kind of like oh yeah, I bet people could see it, see the 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 reference maybe, but it doesn't look. It ends up just not looking like her stuff at all. So, but it was like a, you know, it was a good jumping off point, but um. Yeah, I watch it on your Patreon, and, and you're right, it doesn't look like her stuff. You at know all. the one I'm talking about, the guy with like the. Stuff yeah, the floating. Yeah, yeah, that was like kind of a Vanessa Lemon rip yeah. off. But it's like it did I was I wasn't able to, to rip her off good enough. So No, I, I couldn't put it together. <laughs> it was a jet saw for sure. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. So you're so so go on. I'm sorry. Wow. So it, it, yeah, that's that's just kind of what I do now. And I, I, I use paintbrushes and I, I kind of paint and look for forms and and I wait to see who who visits. Yeah. When I Post on my Instagram, my mind's going, look who visited me today. And I think that that's the most exciting thing about totally, man. what I do is is kind of like, who's going to come? Right. I don't know. It's like, you know, it, it, it's just like another world and they just kind of peep in. Yeah, it's They so visit weird. for a little while, mm-hmm. tell their story, you know, and stick around. And then sometimes they'll they'll just kind of go on pause for a while and then I'll stick the board aside and then, you know – a month later, they're kind of tapping on my shoulder, going, "Hey, we're not done yet." Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah that, go back. that that's that's. I mean, I feel the same way about my stuff. It's like, you know, it feels like I, 
I'm sure I probably mentioned this recently, but uh, on some episode, I don't remember. But um, yeah, it's almost like it feels like I'm honoring these things. Yeah, and it's like they're 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 trying to they they keep they want you know it's almost like they'll you become at peace with them. It's almost like they're your inner demons in a way, like mm-hmm. your your inner personal. It's part of your psyche that's negative, maybe, and you're uh-huh. honoring that. As like, oh, this is part of me, and yeah. uh, you know, I can't. I'm not going to deny it. If you deny it, that's when it's bad because it will still come out in some negative way. So it's almost like, okay, if I honor these this thing in a portrait, you know, it's it it will satisfy it, and it'll feel like you know someone's acknowledging it at least. It, yeah. It's like this weird kind of psycho thing, <laughs> the psychological it, kind of thing. It is, and it feels like it's just got to come out. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just got to come out, you know? And one thing that I, I feel like when I go back and I look at the work and I look at the characters that come out and, and they're monsters and they're scary, but they're not at the same time. You know, it's almost like, you know, I always, I always picture myself, okay, if all of a sudden I, I was confronted by one of these guys, right? Would I run or would I want to stick around for a minute, you know, yeah. because, because it's like on their face, there's usually like an inquisitive or there could be a smile, mm-hmm. but there's something about them that makes them more human, more, yeah. you know? And so I, that's what I always think in my head is, is trying to get that, that middle ground of, am I running or am I staying Right, kind of deal, you know, <laughs> and, and try to get that in an expression of some fashion, you know, and it seems to show up in my work a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's also, uh, it's just from a like a fun standpoint. It's also just so fun to discover them as you're going, you yes. know. And then when you're done, you're like, "Where did that come from?" You huh? know, that's like very specific and weird. Yeah, <laughs> and it's exactly. like, where did that come from? It's so strange, and yeah. it's such a, it's so fun. I mean, I think it's like the the most fun kind of art I could think of personally. I, I think you're 100 percent right, and I think for me that's another reason why I think I I I just I struggled with the oils for me is, is that I feel like these guys come knocking so fast for me right. that I have, you know, if I look around my studio, I have six, seven boards rolling wow. at a time, if not more. And, um, and they, they come and go and I'm constantly sitting down and doing abstracts and, and looking. And, uh, and I, I think that was another thing is I needed to get these guys out mm-hmm. as quick as I can. And I can do one, you know, as little as six hours, but 10, 12 hours, hmm. sometimes 15, depending, That's you know, pretty fast. But, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, it's pretty fast. Not Did, huge. Have you thought about, uh, no, I mean, not, I don't think, you know, your, your, uh, charcoal stuff stands on its own. I don't think you need to, it doesn't need to be color or it doesn't need to be oils, but since you expressed an interest in oils, have you thought of, um, trying to paint that you do the drawing, the, this is what I do kind of with my studies. Like I do the fun discovery in the study and I, and I sketch in oil or I do it in pencil sometimes where I'm discovering the character. And then when I get it down, it's like, Oh, you know, the character's done. Then I'll use that and basically copy it and paint it, use it as my reference to paint in oil. So Uh it's like, I wonder if, you know, you, uh, have you thought of instead of doing a new one in oil, like you use your, your drawing, as your reference material? As my base. I, I've tried to do this um, where I'll, I'll do the drawing mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll scan it. Mm-hmm. And then I have a, a big 16 by 20 
printer and I get oil paper and I've tried to print it out on the oil uh -huh. paper as my reference, uh -huh. you know? Okay. And then, and then start doing oil washes over it and kind of build yeah. it. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sounds it, good so far. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good way of working. I never thought of that. It's, it's fun. It's a, it, it, it's fun. Um, but it just still hasn't, hasn't clicked. There, there, well, you know what it is, I think, is, is I think it's a mind thing. I think my mind works in this weird kind of subtractive quality. Uh -huh. And I think that's where the charcoal comes in. And um, and even talking with Vanessa about a little bit is, is you know, whenever you do oil, and you, like in her way, it's still an additive process. You're still right. adding, adding. You can subtract by using a white paint or something like that to erase. Mm -hmm. But you're not at the same time in my head. Yeah. Where with the charcoals, it's a completely almost a subtractive process. Right. You know, way through, right? Because I'm, I'm using paintbrushes and I'm just yeah. shading, pulling the shapes out, and and they're coming out, and then I start using an eraser, and they just start coming out. And there's something about that process that clicks in my head. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, I, I mean, you like I said, I don't think your stuff it doesn't need need it. It's it's good enough on its own. It's like it's it feels complete, feels master uh, masterful. It feels to me like thanks, solid, <laughs> excellent. Um, but you know, Travis Louie, I think it was Travis Louie. who was the first person to tell me that he said draw, drawing is, or painting is drawing. And if you can paint, if you can draw, you can paint But yeah. people who, you know, people who paint can't necessarily, well, draw, but you have to be able to draw to paint where it's like painting is a form of drawing. It's like you're drawing you're right. with paint in a way. Yeah, so, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I would try what I would. You know, I'm. T I I hate this about myself. I'm always giving unsolicited advice. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. But I have to say it. <laughs> you gotta say it. It's just because. <laughs> just because you're. You know, I I uh, I relate so much to your work. I think. Well, what, what would I do? I I would take a drawing. I'd scan it in. I would try coloring it in Photoshop. You know, basically uh -huh. painting over it, and then and then trying to paint that in oils. That's what I might right. try. It right. Just, you know, I just love, yeah. I love oils. I love, I don't love looking at oils. I love painting at oils. But so it's like, you know, if you have that love for charcoal, then that's all it needs to be. Yeah. Well, you I, know? but I, I got to say, I still, I, I, as a matter of fact, if you, if you looked to the right hand side, it's still my whole oil setup. <laughs> I, I don't put it away. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's still Good. sitting here and it's just, you know, it waits. And I have a, a painting that I'm working on and and it, it seems like I go in spurts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, also, I also don't want to do it and I'll just start start painting. You right. Know? Um, so, yeah, I never put it away. That's good. I, I wanted I want to do more of it for sure. You yeah. Know, but, I, you could. I mean, you know, just from a sales perspective, too, it's like color sells easier than black and white my experience has been no, I, I think and, you're absolutely and when i you know when i do brighter colored things they sell better and it's like it's that simple it seems like you know so right you know it should be deeper than that but no people respond to color they love color it sells better you know yeah i i gotta say i'm going into uh I'm doing a kind of a first convention of the year and I'm only doing it because there's a, there's a gentleman by the name of Jaime and he does a lot of, he does oils, he does a lot of Star Wars stuff mm -hmm. and he does the El Paso Comic Con every year. And, and so I've done it for 
three or four years now. And so we've become really close friends. So now I just do that so we can hang out together. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, yeah, who cares if I make money <laughs> this year? I'm going in and I'm, I'm redoing everything. I'm calling it Eric messenger originals. And I make all these, you know, drawings that are this size, yeah. kind of yeah. some small ones. So great. But I pump them out so much. I've got, I've got over a hundred sitting in these. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, just so many, and I'm like, man, they got to find homes. You're they sitting on a gold mine, man. You're yeah, sitting so, on like a pile of money. I'm telling you, money. So I'm going to go to these shows <laughs> and I'm going to try to get rid of them. And I'm also going to Alexcon in October. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, which is this will be the first time I'm not showing in the main show. Yeah, just doing the side and. And uh, and I was told that's a good place to get to start. Definitely. I mean, I, I'd love to go there. I haven't I haven't been yet. I haven't been to visit. I haven't uh, shown there or anything. But um, uh, where are you located? Um, Phoenix. Well, not, not Phoenix. I'm in Arizona. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm actually in Cochise kind of deal. It's so, probably three hours away. So. Okay. So you have a. It's going to be a long uh, long trip. <laughs> yeah. That's well, kind of why I haven't gone because it's just so far and. It is. You know, and I'm trying to figure out how to send the stuff too. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm gonna have to send some originals because I've got some, some. I know nobody else can see this, but some things framed yeah. up. Hold on, I'll take a picture, if you don't mind. I'll do yeah, a screen yeah. grab. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's yeah. great. So I'm doing I'm doing a whole bunch like this, right? I don't want to do mats or anything. I just want to do, you know, almost like as close to an oil painting as I can in the mm-hmm. sense of. It's just it's the image. It's right. no max, it's no nothing. Yeah. And there you know what though? It's like there are people there are some people that I've had people contact me that want to just get drawings only. And there's yeah. a whole there's a whole market of people that just like black and white art and drawing. And a lot of people that do it and are really successful, like Alan Williams, he's mostly Oh, graphite God. and you know uh it's amazing Lori yeah. lipton and uh, <clears throat> there's there's tons of people that that uh make it work mm-hmm. so yeah I, I just i i you know i always say if, you, if you're not selling it's a marketing issue when someone's as good as you if you're not selling a lot it's more of a it's more presentation or marketing because the work is just so good and solid oh, thanks know. i i got it i i don't do a very good job as a matter of fact my personal website went away last year because i just forgot about it (laughs) (laughs) okay we need to focus more on marketing then (laughs) i did i forgot about it and next thing you know i got this email saying you took your website down i was like okay (laughs) i'm kind of an instagram guy and i i I cross post to facebook and Mm -hmm. i I share on dark art just cause you know, there's like that community there that I've, I've grown to know mm-hmm. so well. And, um, and I love those people. So I, I cross post to there, but mostly it's Instagram and I don't right. have a huge, huge following like you do on Instagram, but yeah, it's, it's growing solely and, and people are, people buy, that's kind of when I sell my work. That's where they, they right. message from there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I want that piece. All right, cool. Yeah. You know? I mean, my website's terrible. It's, it's like, broken links and pictures not showing up. I, I, I'm like, I bought a, a Squarespace account and I'm like, I just haven't had time to go and actually set it up properly. But, um, but it is, you know, it's important. I don't know if it was Josh, the Josh G episode or somebody else. I don't remember who told me, but having a home base, you know, is important, especially how with the way, um, social media, they could just, they can, 
delete your channel. You could get hacked. They could, you know, yeah. they won't respond to your messages and someone took your channel over. They could change the algorithm so nobody sees your stuff. It's like there's so many variables that it's nice. It's a, kind of important, I think, to have like a home base to where in an emergency, someone, it's, yeah. almost, it's almost like your emergency uh, phone number. You know, you have a home right. base on, on a website that someone types in, they can get to it, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, we do, I have a graphic design studio in Texas. Mm hmm. Uh, and we do websites, and exactly what you say is what we tell everybody. <laughs> so you already know this. Yeah, we, you know, I so don't do what I know I You're should. You're just being do. a lazy bastard, then. I guess so. I always wonder: is it, is it? Is it? Yeah, just being a lazy bastard. In the end, what it is. Just kidding. And, and I think a little bit of it, like a scaredy cat or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Is, there's there's something that's that's uh, really nice about just doing the work yeah i mean everybody dreams of that though i mean i who wants to market nobody wants yeah. to market you know <laughs> it's it's like it's you know it's terrible uh, <laughs> I, I i just i try and like uh because i've had to do it there was no way around it i try to you know put a positive spin on it and be like uh you know you can be creative with your marketing and it's true you know, if you kind of like allow yourself to get into it, it can be fun. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a pain in the ass and, and nobody wants to do it. But it's like, you got to do it. I, you know, I had, because uh, I quit. I mean, I, I was really trying to get out of the business I was in. So, so I had to do it. It wasn't like I could, oh, I'll just go back to effects or I'll get another job. I just couldn't take it anymore. So I was like, if I have to kill somebody, I'll do that. <laughs> Not really, but I mean, I was like, whatever it takes, you know, within reason, I will do it, even though it's I'm not comfortable with it, just because I I was not really uncomfortable in the job. But um, but tell me, uh, tell me, tell me about the graphic design job. That it's a I've been doing that for a really long time. When I I worked um, in the late '80s, early '90s. I did uh, for about two years. I was with Image Comics. Oh, really? Of, yeah, Rob Liefeld's office. Oh, cool. Doing a lot of kind of color work and things like that. I worked with this guy named Drew. And uh, well, what were you doing there? Like graphic most, design? No, mostly just uh, coloring and cover pages and cards. There was you know trading cards were real popular then. Coloring well. like see, I, I'm yeah. not that familiar with the, the. I'm kind of familiar with the comic industry, but I, I I've never been in it. So, so are you taking yeah. like? An artist will do like an ink drawing and then you color yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. And, you, and you color it and you work with specific. In Photoshop. Palettes. Yeah, in Photoshop. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And and it was it was a lot of fun and it seems kind of fun. Periodically, you know, and then mm -hmm. I'd get to draw and do everything with that. And so comic books were my jam for a long time, and wow. I even and I, I even wrote and drew my own book, and uh, and it was and it got accepted through this company called Delta Comics. Uh -huh. And I was like, freaking right on. And the industry dropped the same time my book was supposed to go out, and it never went out. Oh, are you serious? How much time out. did you spend making it? Oh my god, I can't even I can't even imagine. It was it was so much time. Yeah, because that's it, it seems like they would take forever. Oh yeah. And they had that they had a five year rights to the book, but they didn't theoretically close down. So they still owned the rights to the thing, to the book. And oh, I was no. so upset. Oh, that sucks. That, that must have taken the wind out of your sails a bit. It, it did. Well, it did. That's that's when I officially said, okay, I need to slow down 
outside of this and I went over into graphic design wow. and, and opened up a studio. So you're talking way, way, way wow. back. So, so you have your own studio that you opened, a graphic yeah. design studio? Yeah, me and two other partners. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's, it's successful, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah we, do, we do well. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. So it, and, it, and maybe that's also a reason why that I don't do so well on the marketing side of the artwork is, you know, it's it's a... You're dealing with it every day, all the time, <laughs> your regular yeah, job. Yeah, I deal with it every day, all the time, you know, and, and maybe, you know, I don't, you know, need to have that pressure on it, I right, guess. Right, yeah. That, I mean, that, that's, you know what? If you're satisfied, you know, uh, having that job as security to allow you to just create freely and not have pressure, then more power to you, man. You know, yeah. it's, it's who was it? It was uh, just Iris. Oh, Iris was saying that. Yeah. Iris was saying like, you know, and she's so right about that. It's like never apologize for having a a day job. You know, it's like yeah. I, that's one thing I've learned doing this podcast is. You know, for me, I was like, I'm going to be a painter like Bichinsky. This is like <laughs> 2000, 1999. I was like, I, you know, I had this idea of what being a, a fine artist was. And then, you know, I, I, I made the decision, worked my way over seven years to quit the job or 13, however many years. I don't even remember now that I was able to get out of it. <clears throat> and, you know, then you realize you know, I was a lot younger then too. You kind of realize what, um, how the world works, how the art world works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I would have, if I was starting, if I would have started maybe 10 or 15 years later, I might've not, you know, not had that attitude and kind of stayed in or stayed as a freelancer because uh -huh. it's, it's so much pressure. It's uh -huh. a lot of pressure, like all the yeah. time. And, uh, luckily I kind of liked, pressure sometimes sometimes you, a lot of times it gets to be too much but you know it's whatever whatever works for you to, to create your work you know yeah is because the work is what matters 100 yeah i think I, yeah 100 percent agree with you i think i think in the, in the future, when i think about what i want to start doing with my work lately is um i, I think i want to do some some more gallery type work mm -hmm. you yeah. know and so and so that's kind of, you know, we in the studio in, in Texas, it's kind of in between Austin and San Antonio. And it's a cool space. And we were before COVID, we were going to turn it into a gallery. Oh, wow. We even, yeah, we even it, it, it was a we're, we're going to call it Undertaker's Gallery because the cool. studio is actually in an old Undertaker's building. It's oh, where oh, cool. <laughs> so one of our main studios is where they kept all the dead bodies, you know, that is it's great. That should be my studio. <laughs> oh, and it, it's, it's haunting when you're there super late at night. Oh my God. It's haunting. Just you knowing. Walk out. Just oh, it's knowing. crazy. Yeah. You walk out to this, this little long hallway and it's super high ceilings with these lights that kind of come down and it's all wood and it's gotta be, I don't know how long, but super long. And I swear, when you walk out, you just look down. You you swear you see somebody moving at the end. So you gotta see, if you have any pictures, I'd love to see it. Maybe I could post I them on the on the Patreon for the okay. for your gallery because that's a that's really interesting. I've never heard of someone having a studio in an old funeral parlor. That's pretty oh, it's amazing. Crazy. It's crazy, and it's it's an old building in the middle of San Marcos, Texas, and so cool. Just a, yeah, so it's all brick on one side, but yeah, so we were going to call it the Undertaker's Gallery, but we never, when COVID hit, and we hardly used the studio for a year. Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't start that yeah. gallery, because that would have been a bad time. <laughs> that would have been a really bad time. <laughs> so, 
I don't know if we're still going for that or not. We're going to kind of just kind of test the waters, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's kind of where I'm going to go. I think, you well, know, you should I, have no, I would imagine you wouldn't have any trouble getting in, um, galleries. Uh, yeah, you know, they want to see a record of sales. So that's part of, part of it. If you come to yeah, them, so like yeah. I've sold, yeah. so you kind of have to hustle and sell unless you find a gallery that just loves your work and just wants to show you, but that's, you know, the exception more than the rule. You know, usually it's more the other way. Like, Oh, if this person's selling, it's going to allow me to keep the doors open for another month. So I'm going to show this person. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. But, but <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I think there's, your stuff's awesome. Your stuff's great. Hey. Have you thought of, uh, get, I don't know, doing concept work. Does that interest you at all? Film work? Cause that's kind of also what it reminds me. Like I could see you being a concept artist for a creature yeah. designer. I, I would really enjoy I would, that. I would recommend against it, but I could see you doing <laughs> yeah. it. No, well, it's fun. It's fun. Especially if you're not like completely, that's all you do, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't want to do the, you know, you work in a studio and you're doing all the three quarter turns and I, Not I could think, yeah, that's a big part of it. It doesn't fit my style. Yeah, and, true. And I, I'm working with two gaming companies right now. One that's, it's a, it's a fledgling and he's, he's got the whole, all the rules and the books written, Wow. but he doesn't have any imagery for it. Oh, so shit. he's approached me about that and we've went back and forth, but he doesn't have a very big budget for it either. Right. And he says, you know, and so, to me, that sounds like an amazing opportunity to be able to do your style. Yeah. Create the whole world. Yeah. It's all you. Get some get, so, get some points or whatever, like on the back exactly, end. I would. That's you exactly. Know, if you talking. like the, the the project, you know, yeah. it seems like He's a good got project. Some great characters, and so we that we're right now we're working on. You know, yeah, points, ownership. Excellent. How does that work kind of thing? And that I think that could be a lot of fun because I think of, uh, um, oh, my gosh, he was on your podcast a while back, probably a couple of years ago. Shoot, he was D&D. Oh, my God, I can't remember. I can't, I can't think of his name. I can't either. <laughs> yeah, huge, huge guy. Um, but he kind of had his own voice. in Brom? Brom, thank yeah, you. There yeah. you go. Thank you. How could you not remember? Edit <laughs> <laughs> that out, right? <laughs> hey, I do it every podcast. I forget something or someone's name. You know, he he had his own voice through that whole kind of storyline, right? And it was just right. Amazing, right. And uh, so that's cool. And then I, I there's another gaming company that he sent me um, three characters. I told them how I work. I just you know so normally I'll sit if it's if they give me kind of a description. I'll read all the descriptions, then I'll sit and kind of meditate on it for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just think about it, and just breathe, and do all that. And then I I saddle up to the to the the drawing board, or actually I have a different place where I do my abstracts, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I just start the abstracts. And at that point, I'm just hoping that one of those guys is going to come out. Oh wow! Because I don't control it. You right, know, I, right. and I don't want to control it. I I don't want to draw somebody come and say, okay, I need a I need a dwarf with a helmet, a big axe, and it's like I just don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah. So if a dwarf and a helmet, you know, come out That's in the cool. visit, <laughs> you know. And so I, I told the guy, I said it could take me three or four drawings before this character comes out. Right. And uh, they were good. They're good for it. They said, well, let's just try it and see. Excellent. We like what you do. We like yeah. your style. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. 
<laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah. So is it, do you is your um do you do you guys work remotely now since COVID? How far is that from you? How far is? I just got back from the trip, and I, it's about eight hundred and twenty miles, eight twenty-five. So it's so, like you just go sometimes. I go for a week. Yeah, I go for a week or so. And we we work in studio, and then I come back, and we just work from the house. Oh, okay, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it works for me, you know, because yeah. I, I, I got to say I like I like Arizona. I like where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arizona's and, nice. It's yeah, hot, really, hot as hell, but other than the heat. Yeah, well, we live out in it's called Cochise, so we're at about forty five hundred feet, and so oh, okay. we we have some land. And my wife has horses. Oh, so, amazing! Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so we kind of live out in the country area. Oh, that must be so, really cool. Do you have good so, internet? Not the best. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's holding on so far. Yeah, that's true. I've had we've had worse on here. That sounds yeah. amazing, though. Horses, God, I can't even imagine. It must be so cool to have horses. I would love to have horses. It's it's a lot of fun and a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's yeah. I have the fantasy of having just a ranch with animals everywhere, and it oh seems so fun, but I bet it's like a ton of work. Oh, my gosh. I, I watch the work that she does, and it's just – it's it's crazy. Yeah. You know, she's always – and then you got to exercise them and all that. I mean, she really works hard on those things, but she loves it. It's her passion. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So it's really cool. Mine is – I do motorcycles, so – Oh, really? Yeah. Dirt so, bikes? Uh, dirt bikes and street bikes. Oh, wow. That's yeah, so, so cool. When I, when I travel, I travel on a big, on a big street bike, and so I, you know, I take a weekend and I camp, and and that's how I get to Texas and back. Oh, that sounds like that sounds like a great life you have, actually. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. You just pick a direction, and you go, and then you find a place to camp, and you camp for the night. Oh and my then you god, that in. sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and then I have dirt bikes as well, and I think that's another reason up here in this, in where we live, there's just dirt tracks and roads everywhere. Oh man. I miss Driving. that. I used to do yeah. that when I was a kid, and I really miss. You did? It. Yeah, I was so, that was I was into dirt bikes around like uh, 10, 10, 11, 12 years old. I was like started to get into racing, even motocross oh, racing. I had okay. my I had my first like race where I actually raced in a race, and um, and then I got into makeup effects, and that was and then I was done with the motorcycles. <laughs> but man, we used to go out in the desert. Yeah, I don't know. It's like this was. In the seventies, you know, my it's crazy that my parents let me do this. I would never let my kid do this and definitely wouldn't let my grandkids do this. But you know, they used to let me go in my little, you know, Honda MR fifty or no, it was an XR eighty, I think. Anyway, they let me go with the this neighborhood a friend of my brother's who was like five years older than me. And then, like, this other guy that lived in the street who was, like, an adult. And we all had motorcycles. And we'd go out there. And I was, like, this, you know, 12-year-old, 11-year-old kid. And and then we we would camp and then just ride motorcycles all day on our own. Yeah. Like, this kid out in the middle of the desert at night that would be sitting around a campfire. They'd be smoking weed. And I'd just be going, like, hmm, I'm just a kid. (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly but man it was so i think back and it was so fun just to be out in the desert in the middle of nowhere but so dangerous too when i think about it i mean i could have easily broken my leg and died out there or something but you know that was the 70s 
Yeah. <laughs> we did it different in the 70s. We did, didn't we? <laughs> so different. So different. All the things that we would get away with. You know, we would leave, like I said, we would leave the house, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. We couldn't get back until the sun was going down. Yeah. And my parents wouldn't know anywhere we were at. Could have been dead. I could have died somewhere. They wouldn't have even known where to look for me. No, they wouldn't. Yeah. You, know, you start the day off at a mall and then you ride your bike to a friend's house and then you're out at the, you're just freaking everywhere, you know? I know. It was so fun though. Man, it was so it was. fun. I used to go, we used to go like on a, oh, a bus. What was it? Probably me and a friend would get on the bus every day. We did this in the summer. We'd get on a bus and go about like 20 miles to the beach and then just go <laughs> at the beach, hang out all day, go on the water, boogie board, get on the bus at the end of the day, drive back home in the bus. No adult supervision whatsoever. <laughs> None. Could, you know, nope. I even, one time I went with that same guy that took me motorcycle riding. I went, he's like, we, we used to go to the beach all the time. So I was like, he's like, you want to go to the beach? Okay. So I went with this guy. And then he met this guy on the bus who was like an old guy to me at the time. He was probably like 40 or something. <laughs> and, and then we get off and go to the beach and it was a nude beach. <laughs> oh, man. So we get off, we go to this beach and I'm just like, oh, this is a beach I've never been to. I'm like 12 years old. And then the dude starts getting naked. Like the main guy starts, the guy that we met starts taking his clothes off. And I was like, what the f- you know, whoa, 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 whoa. and then I'm like, realize, oh, this is Sacreds. It was called Sacreds, and you always heard about Sacreds nude beach. Uh, and it was like, they let you take a kid to this nude beach in the 70s, you know, it was like with a teenage guy and and it's some weird adult, right? <laughs> it's crazy, just crazy, it man. Hilarious. Hang loose, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 I, uh, we, we must be of similar age then. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, just had a birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday! So, yeah, thank you. Fifty three. So we're, we're All right. probably close. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to be fifty four in November. I think. Okay. Yeah, so we're real close. Yeah, yeah, fifty four, yeah. or I think it's fifty four. It might be fifty five. What year were you born? Sixty eight. Oh, sixty seven. So I must be okay. Fifty four. So fifty four. Yeah. 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 You forget. That's right? okay. I had to have my wife tell me how old I <laughs> Once it's past fifty, you're just like, oh fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't care. I don't care anymore. So what what kind of what kind of uh stuff do you do at the do you specialize at the graphic design place? In a specific kind of graphic yeah, design or websites really. or what 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 do you do? We do well, we do some websites. I do I do websites, not the hardcore programming mm-hmm. of them. The basic front end work. Um, do a lot of a lot of wine labels. Oh wow! Yeah, because where I live, it's it's, it's Cochise Stronghold, and there's probably eighteen Oops. or nineteen vineyards around in our area. Mm-hmm. And so I do a lot of a lot of wine labels, things like that. So I don't really specialize. I kind of just do. You know, I definitely have a look. So I te- mm-hmm. my mine tends to be, which is kind of funny because my charcoal is 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 dirty and and i actually like to leave yeah prints yeah i like you know, that like, i like that about like, your stuff adds atmosphere yeah and it's it's almost like leaving an artifact of the artist yeah yeah right on there mm-hmm. you know um where my graphic design tends to be super clean 
lots of good negative space. Mm-hmm. So definitely contrast styles going did, on. Did, so uh, so you kind of just are an all-purpose graphic design firm. If someone has some graphic design, they come to you. Do yeah. You, what's the website? Do you have a website? Yeah, it's thinkhorsestudios.com. What is it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Thinkhorse? <laughs> Yeah, think course. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 we always we always built it came to me in a dream forever ago, but really? it's kind of like it's kind of like a workhorse, but it's it's a that's think great. course. That's great. Hey, if it comes from yeah. a dream, you know, you're you're good in my book. That's 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 where all the good stuff comes from. Um yeah, that's you know, I have a weird thing with that graphic design cuz it's like I'm not good at it. <laughs> I feel like I'm not naturally like I, I know good graphic design when I see it, but I'm not good at creating it. I'm uh-huh. really, I don't feel like I have that. Maybe I just never learned it, but I don't have like a real feel for it. So, um, uh, did you go to school for that, or how did you learn graphic design? Did you just? I kind did of, not. Really? I did not go to school. Self-taught yeah. graphic designer. Just self-taught. Yeah, yeah. Just it's one of those things. I just, you know, I just went after it. When like when I said the comic book industry dropped out, mm-hmm. I was working at a company that. Um, needed that and i was like i'll do it i'll do it and, and they're like all right <laughs> so I just learned how to do it and and just taught myself you know wow yeah that's so, cool well, the, yeah the stuff in here looks totally pro and really clean you know yeah, yeah this is the kind of this is hard to me this kind of stuff <laughs> is hard to me because it's like you know you you clean clean design and simplicity is difficult it's because it you don't be. have a you don't have a lot to work with, so it's like right. every you know when, when there's less on the the page, you have less options almost and less to hide behind in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's got to be right because if something's not right, it sticks out like a sore thumb. If there's yeah, nothing yeah. else to distract from it or whatever, you know. Yeah, especially you know you get a header, and if your spacing in those between those letters isn't correct or if the logo size is too big or too small a little bit it just like you know yeah so i really respect the graphic design as a as a as an art you know it's not it's not easy to me anyway yeah well it's it's funny because i i work with a um one of my partners is um ralph johnston and he is just he's one of those designers that like you said you just look at you just you're in awe of what they do Mm -hmm. You'll come up with an idea and you'll be like, "Yeah, brother, look at this." <laughs> he comes back the next day, "Yeah, brother, look at this." And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he was just, born for graphic design. Oh man, he was just born for it, you know. And he has a style to it too. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to work with him because we just bounce ideas off each other. And yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's always great to work with people, you know, as good as or better than you at something. I mean, oh, that's yeah. what I found it when I was working at Rick Baker. That was like working with people that were better than me because I, you know, I worked at this one shop for so 10 years and I thought, look, I was the the guy, I was the shit because I was the art lead kind of there. And then I got to Rick's and I was like, oh, I'm not the shit. (laughs) These guys, Kazu's the shit. Matt Rose is the shit. Mitch Devane is the shit. And so, and then you just like learn, learn from them. And and Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's crucial. It's crucial to work. It's actually crucial to work with people who are better than you as much as you can. Uh-huh. to learn from you know um, i 100 percent agree and as a matter of fact i try to surround myself with people that mm-hmm. that i view are better than i am yeah for sure it pushes you you know it pushes you you know even the, the people that you look up to 
that list changes on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, you know, and you hope to. Like when you think of like Ellen Williams, you think of his stuff and you just go, all right, well, that that name probably will never change because yeah. he's kind of – you ain't getting any better than that, right? Yeah, he's um, amazing. You, but you can get different. Right. You know, so, you, you, you know, I tried to think to myself, you can get as good as anybody – but you're never going to be – if you're doing it right, you're never going to be as good as them because only they can be as good. Yeah, right. And themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, know, so you can start – you can work on craft and you can work on you know, lighting and texture and you can work on that kind of stuff. And then you can get craft-wise as good as somebody. But you're always going to be you. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I think this was – I think this was on the Iris episode – where uh we were saying like kind of like it's all been done it's already been done as good as it can do it can be done yeah. right regarding painting and that that the only thing that we have is to bring to it is our ourselves our unique take that's the that's the difference and that's the only difference that really that that that's the main difference that that uh that's the only that's that's the only thing that makes it special yeah and you keep your- you know you keep trying to technically be as good as the old masters which you'll probably never hit but you have your own point of view that no one's ever had in the world in the history of the universe no one's had your unique perspective and that's what makes it like special and magical you know it does and i think you're absolutely right and i think that's why you know when i talk about where my my digital fantasy work um it was good work Mm -hmm. you know it was good solid work but it's kind of like you know if you set yourself up in, in a world and you're doing fantasy work and you're kind of going for the realistic, but not really, but you know, you, the group of people you're competing against is huge. Right. And, and, and they're phenomenal. And amazing. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. fantasy. You know, artists and are it's kind of like if you're doing, um, realism these days, whether it's, right. it's book covers or, or, you know, vampires or whatever, but that surreal, that realistic look and, when you get into that, you better be knowing that <laughs> this is going to be a tough haul because you're going to get some guys, some people that are freaking phenomenal. And there's a ton of them now. And there's a ton of them. Yeah. And so it's like, man, understand that's not going to be an easy road. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a tough one, you know, and and you hope that that through that your voice can emerge. Right. And uh, and I feel like for me, only in the last maybe three years since I really moved over to graphic and into charcoal and let myself just do my thing has my, has my true voice, artistic voice really come alive. Oh wow. So this has only been a three year thing. This charcoal thing has only been about three years. Oh my God. No wonder you're a bit going under the radar. <laughs> it's That's not it, long know, at all. No, it was all digital work for me for a really wow, long time. Wow. Okay. Really long time. And then in, even before that was, you know, like I said, was the oils for a year and only for a year. Right. Right. And so it was digital before that. And that's, that's all I did. So I'd sketch, scan it, digitally paint it. Right. So you feel yeah. like your, your digital work was a little more like fantasy art, yeah. like what everyone else was doing sort of, whereas this, yeah. the charcoal work is you. Is me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it me. definitely it's- looks, it doesn't look like, to me, it doesn't look like anybody else's work. I could see like. You know, oh, that's Eric's piece. You know, yeah. Well, cool. thanks. I I feel the same way. It's you know, different. I feel that, it's different. 
it is a little different. You know, it's I like that I'm doing. I like that I don't care about leaving it messy. Mm-hmm. It used to be a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got to be clean. It's got to be you know. Now it's like nah, leave it messy. That's a thumbprint. So what? Yeah. <laughs> it's fine art. That's the it's cool good. thing about fine art is you can leave thumbprints and stuff in. Yeah. And I, it's it, it's I just I think you strike a good balance between like this is a monster, but it's it's there's something like you've got like a good balance of uh representational monster stuff which i love which is you know mm-hmm. kind of more t- geared towards the like the uh the wayne barlow sketches you see you, oh, yeah. you know wayne barlow sketches and you ever seen the back of the Garlow, barlow's guide to extraterrestrials have you seen that book i have not his th- that's what i'm sure. kind of basing my okay. dystopia book on it's like a he, he did the field guide from when i was a kid anyway uh, his sketches are, are great, really good, <clears throat> but you have like, uh, this weird surreal edge to them. So it's like, you've got the, the, you know, representational monsters. It is what it is. You know, you can see it's a monster, but then yeah. it's like, you've got a weird, you got a weirdness to it, like a kind of a surrealness to it, uh-huh. a surreal edge to things. So it's not just, you know. Just yeah. a standard monster. It's more like you know. That's I think that's what makes it really unique is that twist you put on it. Thanks, thanks. I wish I could take credit for it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So somebody else is showing up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, the that's you know that's that's where you got to get you got to get the ego out of the way because you know it's still you. It's just not a conscious part of you. Yeah, that's true. You know, so you can, you know, you can take, you can still take some credit. It's just like, uh, uh, but it's, you know, at the same time, I don't know if I find it helpful to think of it like it's not me in a way for some reason or or have this attitude like I have to stay out of the way. Right. You know? Yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, I do the, you know, I, I take credit for the work. Mm-hmm. And it, the work that leads up to being able to do that, right. you know, so, yeah, so, you yeah, know, yeah, true. Study, and I've studied anatomy like crazy, you know, you study techniques and shapes and lighting and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. kind of like set yourself up so that when these characters come to visit, you can actually do them. Right. You can actually right. Right. Yeah. Bring it, them to life yep. because you've done, you've done this work, you've done this, this worldly work. And now it allows you to tap into the other world totally. in a much easier way. Exactly. Like it's like you you uh, your job is to bet is to um, uh, it's hard to put into words. It's like your job <laughs> is to express this idea to the utmost of your ability, and if you don't do the work to practice you're letting the idea down and you're not fulfilling the idea. And that's where the yeah. failure is. It's like, if you're not doing your work and practicing, it's almost like if you were a warrior and you weren't like working out and then you, you uh-huh. want to go into a battle and you, you know, you weren't very strong. It's like your job is to be the most badass warrior and kill as many people as possible. Right. So you have to do the work to exercise to, for when the, for when the big thing comes, when the fight comes. Right. You know? Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So exactly. that's why you got to do all the, you know, the the the, the grunt work. Is... Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, and that's how. Because um, I think you saw it. I, I do videos. Yeah, YouTube yeah. Channel, 
Yeah, they're great. And and I it's not a huge following, but that started because on Instagram, people would always be asking me, you know, how are you doing this? What is your technique with that? And I'd be writing these long things and messages and I went, okay, it'd just be easier to do it in a video yeah, and then yeah. throw them to a video and say, take a look. And I think that's probably the one thing I'd probably talk about the most is practice, you know, yep. just practice, practice. If you're going to do faces, man, just get it to a point where you can, you know, face, you know, yeah. you know, how to draw eyes, you know, how to draw noses. And once you know how to draw those things, then when you when you see it in an abstract, you already know how to do it. Right. Then you're just pulling it out. You yeah, know? yeah. That's the, you know, that's where the goal, if you're not, you know, if it's not like you got to, you, you know how it is, you got to build that muscle memory. If it's yeah. not. Uh, the visual memory? Is that what you're thinking? Well, just like no. you're so, you've done it so many times. Yes. For me, it's like basically it's figures sometimes, but you know, it's like portraits. It's heads. That's what I always mm-hmm. focus on because that's where that's where you know I get my uh, it turns me on is the is the head and shoulders, and uh-huh. it's like I've done it so many times that I could just sit down and it's it's not hard. It just comes out. Like if I start drawing, I'll I'll just draw a head, and that's because it's not because I'm like some genius or amazing. It's because I've drawn like a million billion trillion heads in my life, head and shoulders. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's almost like you're, you're primed already because you've just put all these hours in practicing. So, um, yeah, it's like an athlete, it's just like an athlete working out, you know, you, yeah. you got to do it, you got to do it. And it's like a lot of grunt work, but there's, you know, there's, there's also, you know, studying and developing your taste and, and, and mm-hmm. seeing other art and learning anatomy and all the other stuff. But, but putting that into practice, it's it's like a, you know, it's a major thing to do <laughs> to be an artist. It, it, it takes is. a lot, a lot it's, of work. It does take a lot of work. And anybody, <laughs> when they talk and they ask me on Instagram, that's the one thing that I say is that it's it's just a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> just be prepared. It's some work. Everybody, it's know? like so many people, you know, they, they want to know, how do you do that? How do you do that? And it's like, it's because... I bust my ass constantly drawing and painting over and over 20, you know, my whole life pretty much, but like uh-huh. 20 years of oil painting. It's like, Oh man, how could you paint like that? Well, I've been painting for 20 years, like hard, right. not even like casually on the weekends. <laughs> like <laughs> I've been painting for like every day for 20 years, practically not, a, not, you know, I've taken yeah. a week off here and there, but you know what I'm saying? It's like almost every day, more yep. days than not for sure. And it's like, you know, if you do anything for that long, you'll get good at it. You're just going to you know? get good at it. Yeah. yeah. So you just got to put those hours in, man. Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah, that's the thing. And you watch some young artists and sometimes they just want to be really, really good right mm-hmm, away. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, no, it's okay to suck for a while. Yeah. You, you know, have... show, show me the suck for a little while. Because, <laughs> you know, that, that's how I know you're growing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to suck at first. I mean, yeah, you know? nobody's great right off the bat. You know, maybe you'll have geniuses every once in a while, like a Frazetta right. who drew that anatomy book when he was nine years old. There's a, you know, that story, something like that. But that, you know, <laughs> That's a, that's a not normal. Everybody else no. has to has to work, you know. Right. Yeah, we all have to work at the craft, you know. So I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I sit there when you talk about drawing every night or drawing every day. I have in my house 
I have a, you know, kind of a, a chair that I sit at. And mm-hmm. at this point, that chair is the, the sides are covered with charcoal and graph, <laughs> you know, the armrests. And, and, and I, I have a little side chair. And so when I'm watching a Netflix movie or whatever, I'm drawn. Absolutely. Always drawn. I rarely, yeah, I rarely watch movies without doing some kind of art. Almost, yeah. almost never. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I can't remember <laughs> the last movie that I watched that I didn't have something in my lap that I was. Did Did you? Uh, since we did grow up in the same era, did you? Is that how? Because that's how I used to draw when I was a kid. I'd have the TV on. I'd be drawing in front of the TV. Was that your yeah. experience yeah. as well? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. in the '70s. They just put us in front of the TV yes. <laughs> like, and whatever you did beyond that was you could right. add to that. But this is what you're, you know, you're the babysitter. TV's a babysitter. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, rider. Come on. <laughs> so it's like, you know, in a, in a way I feel that that's, um, you know, part of that habit from growing up that way. It was like, a, you know, yeah. especially being for me being like, I was like, a latchkey kid. So I'd come home after school and my mom was working. It's like, nobody was home. You too. Yeah. That was the thing. That was another thing in the seventies, the latchkey kids, you know? Yeah. So it's like, instead of, you could be drawing quietly, but you'd put the radio on the AM radio clock radio. That was by your bed or, you know, or more likely you put the TV on and watch, watch like what's happening or, (laughs) Oh yeah. The the white shadow. I, I (laughs) I still tell you, the sequence of shows I'd watch when I got home from school, <laughs> starting with Tom and Jerry, Star yep. Trek, yep. and you know, <laughs> you know, and then turning the TV off really quick, really quick, really quick, really quick, before to act like you weren't really watching it. Right. <laughs> I, you know, you know what was cool about know, the the cartoons in the seventies is that a lot of them were the old um, Warner Brothers cartoons. Uh-huh. from like the 50s and 60s. So it's yeah. like we kind of got a lot of I, I feel like I got a lot of education. I know it sounds crazy, but like an educational value from that because they these older cartoons, they weren't they didn't seem to be playing down to the kids as much. I know this is completely off topic, but no, they no. had like good music. Like the yeah. it was everything was quality. The animation was really good. And it was like in the 70s is when animation started really sucking. Even though I watched shows like Scooby-Doo and all that, if you yeah. compare the animation to like Tom and Jerry, it's like pff, forget oh, yeah. it or the Roadrunner or any of that stuff, you know. And when it was good, it was the writing was good. The jokes were good. You know, it wasn't yeah. stupid. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's funny you say that because when I think about it, it's, it, it maybe makes me even wonder how much of an influence it is on my work when I talk about drawing the dark, but trying to find the light. I mean, Tom and Jerry was an extremely violent cartoon, right? But they find the funny in it, you know? Can you be laughing at it? Same with the Roadrunner. Oh, Roadrunner, yeah. (laughs) He was always there falling (laughs) off cliffs and... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it was funny. Yeah, it it is. I never thought about that, but I always thought like Scooby-Doo... Was more of an influence because it was like the ghost thing and the monster thing, but it right. is true there was a lot of there was this weird mix of violence and uh, humor and fun and stuff. Oh. Okay, sorry, so, uh, my son was, son was getting the dog. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's interesting. I never thought about that. <laughs> I didn't until you brought it up. I never really thought about that, but it's it's true. You know, we kind of grew up in that that world of, you know, I don't know, that darkness that they kind of <laughs> covered in light, you know, and, and then they just went for it and they fed it to all the kids. You I know? know, yeah. That's the thing. To me, the 70s, I mean, I don't know how maybe we should get into this, how you, your experience growing up or you came from and all that stuff. But I have to say, before we start to me, the seventies were, you know, people think of the seventies as like hippie. Everyone was sick of like the flower children thing didn't work out. The revolution didn't happen. Everyone was like, Oh fuck it. We're going to smoke weed and we're going to chill and it's <laughs> going to be disco and not all this political pressure and just everyone just kind of mellow out. But I remember the or the feeling of the seven, and I know a lot of people that grew up in the seventies too that loved it and thought it was great. I have I have a couple friends that just had these fond memories, but to me, the seventies was really pretty dark. Like it had this dark undercurrent. Everybody, Mm -hmm. everything on the surface was very happy. The parents all put on a smiling face, and they were, you know, the the uh, style was like flowery and colorful and weird colors. But underneath the surface was this like darkness. This that and this maybe this could be my family because my family was completely fucked up. But (laughs) there was like this dark undercurrent that no one was acknowledging, you know. So so to to me, when I hear these songs like these really syrupy. Uh, like the Carpenters songs, you know, like those yes. famous AM radio lo- uh-huh. sugary sweet love songs. To me, they're like creepy. They don't make me feel like sentimental. They make me feel like, oh my God, this like inspiring, inspiring in a way, right. like to, to the art I do too. Uh, and then yeah. when Stephen King did that movie, uh, <clears throat> Room Whatever, you know that? Did you see that movie? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to think of the name of it. it was but like yeah, I know what you're talking about. Room something. It was like a ghost story. And it and <clears throat> they played that that Carpenter song every time like something weird would happen. It would the, the radio would go on, we've only just begun. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's to that's, me, that's the seventies. <laughs> that's the feeling, is that yeah. creepy, dark, weird feeling. But anyway, so so I mean, what was your where did you grow up? Where, what was your experience as a as a kid? And, and were you into monsters and all that stuff? You know, I grew up in, in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was 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 military. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, they had Fort Carson there. And so that's that's where I grew up. You know, God, I always think to myself that I had a I had a great childhood only because I think I was that latchkey kid. Yeah, that, I, I, I have to say, I do, aside from the family issues, I really value that freedom I was giving, even though it was probably irresponsible and they shouldn't have done it. I feel oh, so I lucky. I feel so lucky I grew up in that era that I had all that independence and I got to do so yeah. much, so many adventures. But anyway, go on. No, I'm, I'm exactly like you. Yeah, it was all adventures. I mean, I can remember when... Uh, our parents bought us BB guns for Christmas. Totally, yeah, I had and, a BB gun. Totally. And shooting them at one another was not out of the question. That was part of the, <laughs> Can you imagine that now? <laughs> and I can remember we would we would dress up, you know, because all of our friends would get BB guns. And we would have wars, and we would dress up as thick of clothes as we could. And we would team up, and we'd go up into the hills and shoot at each other. Wow. And, and it wasn't. You know, you're thinking, man, that could have been really, oh my god, really bad. 
Yeah, yeah. But we did. Yeah. We we we. <laughs> I I never did a BB gun fight, but um, I did shoot my friend in the hand one time because he was talking about <laughs> shooting a bird, and and I that really bothered me, and so I shot him. <laughs> I shot him in the hand. <laughs> With my BB gun, I pretended like it was an accident because I was holding my BB yeah. gun. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. Oh, but, God, uh, the BB guns are crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's the pump ones where you keep pumping oh, yeah. it. That's exactly but we, you can we, pump those up. We did used to have regularly dirt clod fights, like big oh, yeah. dirt clod fights. Oh, my God. I haven't heard somebody say dirt clods forever. <laughs> yeah. Dirt clod fights all the time. They were so fun. You know, and every once in a while, you get one with a rock in it. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was thinking about too. This is weird that this is all coming up because I was thinking yesterday. That's probably why I had this dream last night that I, that my backyard. I was living it back in the home I grew up in in San Pedro, and my backyard had burned down, and I didn't notice it until after it was all black. But I bet you, I just just put two and two together that I was thinking about how. When I was a kid, really young, we had this like two-tiered backyard. We had a regular little backyard, and then there were these stairs that went up a, a little hill. It was small. And then like an upper level because the house was okay. kind of on a hill sort of. And oh. the upper level, you know, we had like a little clubhouse and uh, a little area of dirt and stuff. And one time, my brother and I got our army men and like dug little foxholes and set a whole scene up with army men but <laughs> then we found like some straw or something. i don't know where we got it. it was some kind of flammable material put it all around got gasoline that was readily in the garage <laughs> and just were pouring gasoline all over it and lit it on fire and it was like the most amazing like we we're just sitting looking at it like man it was like army men and, and a battlefield with fires everywhere <laughs> And it was so cool and so much fun. And then I think, you know, we could have burned easily. It was like right up against a trail, like a walking trail behind us, trees everywhere, vegetation. I mean, it could have easily just could have fucking burned the whole neighborhood down. (laughs) Yeah. Stuff you get away with. It's so funny you say because we did the exact same thing. We would stay in our, our fort. You know, we had a fort. And we would you'd buy those bags of of yep. army men, right? And we would set them all out, create this whole scene. We'd all go up, and you'd, you'd buy those quarts worth of BB guns, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, not BB, BBs. Uh-huh. And and we could sit up there all day. And then periodically, my dad would come out, and 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 uh, we had a fireplace, so we we cut our own wood. Uh-huh. And so he'd, he'd come out, and he'd kind of do a trench, a little trench with his hands, a little hole, and he'd take gunpowder. And he would put, yeah. he'd put guys around it and, 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 and he didn't even acknowledge we were there. He was just doing this, right? And he set these things up and then he put all these, uh, um, you know, the, the shavings from cutting the wood uh-huh. all over the gunpowder and he'd go and he'd light it and he'd go and it'd poo. And we were kids and we would yell and scream and yeah, and pump our guns and start shooting again. And he'd just walk in the house like it was nothing. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. That's you know? so amazing. You could, you yeah. know, only in the seventies right. or, or that, earlier. <laughs> that, that was my childhood. You know, it really was, you know, um, you know, my parents did end up getting a divorce and such like that. Mm. But, you know, it was kind of when we were on our way out. Uh, okay. That's probably better. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, and they they didn't really show show it to us. That's what I'm saying you know? though about the 70s. It was like yeah, everyone right. no one was open about at least, you know, my experience. And this was seemed like it was true with most of my most of my friends and then there was like often there'd be one oddball family where the parents would be kind of open and they would be sort of normal really of uh-huh. what today would be considered normal like they talked about sex or just things and it wasn't a big deal but everybody right. else was like uptight and yeah. everyone had a smile on their face no matter what was going on and no one talked about the weird uncle you had or the retarded <laughs> kid on the street you know it yeah. was like very weird it was just so 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 weird and dark but um yeah so it sounds like we can relate <laughs> yeah we can relate there for sure <laughs> oh no memory lane there man. yeah i know this is like the this is the, the, the old the old man edition of the podcast <laughs> exactly everybody's gonna look at you going what's eight track tape i don't even know <laughs> oh my god i remember my eight track i have to say what's a beauty gun <laughs> i had an eight track i had a stereo with an eight track i remember i bought acdc back in black when that first came out hell yeah on eight track and they only it was four sides. You had to take it out. Like, how did uh-huh. it work? Didn't you have to take it out and flip it? Yeah, it, it, there was one we could flip it, but I don't remember. Two it sides. was like was I know it was split into four sections somehow. Like it okay. would. So anyway, the middle of back in black in the guitar solo, the song would fade out. I think it, like it was four four tracks, and so it would have to oh, okay. go over to. So you didn't take it out, but the guitar solo faded out. And then it would come back in for the you go on to the next the track would continue on the next on the next track. So it was like back in black was like had a fade out in the middle of it during the guitar solo. It was so lame. Eight track tapes, yeah. man. I had a few. And now and now, you know, are are you know and you might even realize this with your grandkids. They're like now movies are like on demand, you know. I know. We, I had one of our it was a is a nephew of mine, and he was like what do you mean it's on a dvd right it's, you it's on a dvd what do you mean it's yeah like, he's I, so used to being on demand he didn't even know what a dvd was i know i still think <laughs> of like dvds and blu-rays as kind of being like the current technology but it's not yeah, it's, it's not, not at all i got people like asking about my the dvd i put out in the early 2000s that uh yeah, animation have... oh cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, the animation what they they uh they're like, yeah, I don't have a DVD player. I'm like, how could you not have a DVD player? But no, nope, a lot of people don't have DVD players. It's like older people like us have DVD players because yeah, we had them right. 15, 10, 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. You know, actually, come to think of it, I don't think I have the DVD. I have it on – I do have it on On Demand. That's oh, you're talking about the the move, the documentary. Documentary, yeah. yeah. Oh, what yeah, that's what I was talking about, but I was thinking – the animation DVD okay. I did for Tool, which was a oh, DVD. Okay. No, that that's what I was thinking though. So you were reading my mind. Okay. You're you're understanding <laughs> me. I just was getting confused. So <laughs> how did the how the did the monster thing come early to you? You know, I was always intrigued by you know I did Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, me too. Yeah, that was yeah, so fun. and that was yeah, it was a big deal for me. As a matter of fact, I still have my. Original ah. Monster Manual Player's Handbook, the original. You know, I cool. still have, I have one. I have one, but it's not my orig- original. It's like I think okay. a friend of mine's, but yeah. <laughs> and, and I love the Monster Manual. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the monsters. You know, they're always, they always intrigued me. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't give enough credit to Dungeons and Dragons Monster Manual because that was seriously that was really big for me too. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. So I, I can just being a kid laying in bed and just finger and yeah, you just, and I wouldn't. You just read it. It wasn't like you were playing. No, you were just, just reading it because it was cool. I'm looking playing. at the pictures. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 I got that. And even when I went into comic books, you know, it was. I was definitely drawn to more of the darker stuff, but I was drawn more to the darker styles as well. What do you uh, mean? There's a, uh, like there's a guy named Jay Lee and he did um, Neymar and he, it was a really ink dark style. Mm. It was just, it was beautiful, mm. you know? And even the exaggerated things like Beasley and Sam Keith, right. where they did this over-exaggerated anatomy. That's another thing. When you look at my work, <laughs> you'll see anatomy muscles mm-hmm. in it all the time. Because I just I love it. This is yeah. one of the things I love doing, and um, I, I just I loved all that exaggerated stuff, and it just seemed to fall more into the, the the creature thing for me. Right. You know, I didn't like doing Superman and the normal human people anatomy. I liked to do monster anatomy. Same you can, here. <laughs> do whatever you want, you know. Right. But I think it goes back to you can tell the artists that know their anatomy, and stretch it and distort it and other artists who don't know their anatomy and hide behind stretching and distortion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. You can tell. I think you can really tell. And so, but I do, I love it. I love stretching out bones and, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. It's got to have so. some basis <laughs> in something to, to work. Even you do. If you do like all these great, like Carlos Wante, he's always doing, mm-hmm. you know, crazy creatures making his own anatomy up but you can tell he's got this fundamental foundation of human anatomy animal anatomy the basics you know yeah he knows what those muscles are doing right right he's not just putting it in just you know it could be it's it's probably super instinctual for him at this point right but you know when when you you know a bicep does a certain thing a tricep straightens your arm out you know it you you think about those things but it's probably so natural for him that i'm sure does it? Yeah. I did a yeah. painting that, that actually that painting, the one we were talking about, the 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 one where I was influenced by Vanessa Lemon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I'm not do you know I'm not doing uh, I don't usually do figures from the waist up or you know it's usually head and shoulders. But anyway, you know I had to kind of do some human some anatomy and I didn't have any reference. It was all just out of my head, <clears throat> and I I kind of blocked in the chest all the muscles and i was like seems about right and then i pulled out um i was like i don't know if that you know i, I started looking at a reference i was because like, i you know i uh-huh. usually, i'll if i'm doing something that's real um anatomy heavy i'll have a book out uh just to make sure because i'm not i don't have it down so much that i can name every muscle and oh, I don't, every I don't bone and i know which where the muscle connects to the bone. It's like, I have an idea, but I don't have it all memorized. Yeah. And I looked at it. I was like, Oh shit. I got the, I totally got the pectoral muscles where it joins, you know, where it, uh-huh. where it, I had it. Like, I forgot. I had it like over and it was supposed to be going under. And I was just oh. like, man, I almost <laughs> let that slide. I was luckily always being, <laughs> uh, you know, critical, self-critical and double checking right. myself. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to paint this over. So I like fixed it. Now it's proper. It looks way better. And, you know, so, you know, you don't, (coughs) sorry, you don't have to 
knowing anatomy doesn't mean knowing everything about anatomy, but it right. knows knowing it, it, it means knowing to go get help when you need it. You know, that's and, a good way to put it. I was going to show you, I, I, I think I have it here. Yeah. It's called, have you ever heard of an app called handy? No. And it's, it's super cool, it, but it, I, I, I refer to this app all the time, but it's got like male heads, skulls, and oh, everything really? else. How do you spell you it? Can take it? You can take it like this. Are you serious? Right? But then you can move it. Oh, my God. Any angle. And all then right. you can light it. All right. It's called Wait a minute. Hand. Wait a minute. I got to get this now. <laughs> I got to get this. I got, you know, I had one, a medical anatomy one from like 10 years ago. I forgot okay. 3D anatomy. I got it for the iPad, maybe not 10 years ago, maybe more like six years ago. And it's like, it's got all the muscles and the bones and the organs. It's more for doctors and stuff. And you can take all the okay. layers off, but uh -huh. it doesn't have lighting. Yeah. This one has, you just like three or four different lights. You can move them around. You can change them colors. H-A-N-D-Y. Yeah. H-A-N-D-Y. Handy. Okay. And it, it also has hands and and all that is it, it is it an, is that an iphone or a, a samsung um it's it should be available on both okay but, handy yeah h-a-n-d-y yeah it's not coming up art reference tool here we go yeah there we go handy art reference oh i'm i just is this it with the red yeah that's it okay i'm buying it now it's what is it like six bucks? It's two dollars, two dollars, even cheaper. And it's got hands and oh all sorts of different. Oh my god, this is amazing! And I, I use this like even if I'm doing a dragon, <sighs> right? I will angle a head, especially this old man head, the same direction the, the dragon is, and then I'll move lights around it, and it'll still inform the dragon, the lighting that I'm using for the dragon, right. even though it's a person. Yeah, don't matter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I recommend that for some of my students. So I do that mentorship thing with, it's like, huh? just cause you're doing a, a monster, you can still use yourself as reference to get the lighting. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, just to get a general idea, just kind yeah. of like transpose it onto something with a weirder shape. I can't believe yeah. I didn't have this. I really appreciate and, that. I mean, oh man, yeah. And it's so easy in the way, you know, you can just look uh, at it and see how the, the shadows, you know, lay on something and you just go, Oh, and so, you know, when I'm sitting there drawing at the, at the, you know, at a table or anything, I just pull this out super quick and light it super, wow. you know, 30 <laughs> seconds later, you're like, Oh shit. This and is next amazing. thing you know, adding a few little shadows, like makes it look realistic. Right. Your drawing takes it completely to the other level. So yeah, oh my super God, cheap, this is great. super handy. So good. So good. Yeah, super handy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they called it that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, thank you for that. That you know, especially I needed it for that guy going like this. Right. You know, it's like that's yes. hard that's angle so for funny. me. I'm still kind of like not 100 percent on it, so I'm gonna check it against my handy models. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, got, it's got hands and feet and everything to it. You that's know, great. it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. How did that come up? Oh, you're talking about uh, we're talking know. about anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> talking about anatomy. Anatomy yeah. reference, yeah. yeah. That's just one of and I have another <clears throat> one too that's uh, a male, female, and you can make the the muscles big and small. Oh wow! And 
and you can pose a character. Oh, you can pose. Brief. Is it an app for the phone? Yeah, it's an app. Okay, what's it let called? Me, <laughs> let me see. Let me see if I have it on this phone or if I have it on my iPad. Okay. Let's see here. I got to get that one too because that's that would be really it's helpful. A, it's a really good one because you can. Um, let's see, where is it at? I got no problem paying money for apps. I know everyone's looking for free stuff, but it's like a write-off. I'm an yeah. artist; I can write it off. Yeah, that's I'm the same way. Any write-off I can find. Yeah. You gotta. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Government wants all my money. <laughs> okay, I'm finding it here. It, it's this one I actually have on my on my. Um, iPad. Okay. Well, if you could send me that when you get when you are on your iPad, I would appreciate it. I will. I was hoping I could find it in the the list of of ones that uh, ones that I ha- oh purchased. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Okay. This will do it. What is it? Tell me. Tell me. It's coming. It's coming. Here. <laughs> scrolling. Scrolling in. This is the app recommendation section of the podcast. Better have a good name after all this time waiting. No kidding. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be like, and then I'm like, oh man, it's not here. I don't know. <laughs> We're so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you better find. Start making me laugh, dude. <laughs> oh god. People are gonna Come be on, like, there's no way I bought this many apps. <laughs> I know. Freaking away. All right, never mind. We're just gonna have to, I don't want to. I heard the whistle and it's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I will email it to you. Okay. I'll put it in the link of the description. I'll okay. put the handy app and then I'll put whatever this other mystery app is. Okay, yeah. Dang it. <laughs> you can keep looking for it if, you, if you're you okay can to tell talk. I'm not prepped. If, if, well, I mean, it just came up on the fly. so. It did, yeah. I mean, if you, if you can keep looking while you talk if you want. But I'm gonna I ask can. you more questions just because I don't want people to get bored while we while we. Oh, we're looking for an app. <laughs> the reward though will be so great. I'll, 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 I'll I bet you most of the people listening want to know what the app is though because you know I think most of the listeners are probably half of them are are artists so. Um, yeah. <clears throat> they will want to know. Um, so yeah, so did you go to uh, art school or anything or? Nope. College, no, completely, no, completely self self taught. I did a, I, I tried to do a college. I did like a semester of a community college, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't an arts. It was like another advertising thing, mm-hmm. and it was like draw a, a, a shaver, you know, something that, you know, and and I ended up drawing this shaver that looked like this big old monster. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought it was cool, but oh my God, my teacher like ripped into me going, nobody's going to want to put that against their skin. And I'm like, but it's cool, you know, and it's for guys. Come on, you know, and it didn't go well. And so I, I just decided school wasn't my bad. Uh, that's hilarious. I couldn't, I couldn't, I just, I've never been good at school. Even in high school, I was never a, I was not a good school. I was not a good student. Same here. I was no. very <laughs> average yeah, I was average too, and I, but I had I was super lucky in junior high. I had a, a artist name was Charles Rocky, and he would 
he's the one that taught me this whole abstract thing. We mm. would sit there and he'd make all these great abstracts and he would do these incredible paintings. And he was an artist that was a teacher, you know, oh, and that's cool. he would sculpt and everything. And we'd stay, I'd stay after school every day and we would draw and paint and build little miniature cities together. It was awesome. Wow. And then when I was in high school, I had another that he was an artist that was a teacher, you know, and, and, uh, but it completely different is he was Tunson and he did these kind of, he sold a lot of stuff in Jamaica, believe it or not, but it was mm. very political type of, of drawings, mm. you know, but huge, huge paintings, eight by 10 foot paintings type types of things, you know? And so I, I felt like I got a really good art education in high school, but because of that, I didn't do well in school. You know, as a matter of fact, one time I was prepping for a, a show and we we're doing a show at a at a gallery and I was asked to not a gallery, but a, it was kind of a museum that had a kid section, if you mm-hmm. will. But they were having a big, big show and it was all different high schools. I was asked to do it. And so I just stopped going to history class. <laughs> I just stopped. You know, because it was like I, I, I had an art class, an art class, and then history. I needed more time, so I just stopped going. Wow. And eventually, <laughs> he actually walked over to it because he knew where I was. And he walked over, looked at me, and went, talk to me when, you got, when you're done. And I said, okay. And so did the show, <clears throat> went back to class. This time, pretty much the class is over with at this point. And he goes, this is what you earned, and I earned an F. Wow. I failed that class. Wow. And he goes, this is what I'm giving you. And he gave me a D plus. Wow. That's a cool <laughs> teacher. Passed. Yeah. He passed me. I mean, it was a D, but he still, he passed me. That's, you, you know? know, that's because I'm sure it's because he saw that you were doing something you were passionate about and you were putting a lot of effort into it, which is, you know, to get high school kids to do that about anything is probably very difficult, you know? Yeah, I think so. He's, he, he, he showed up at the show and everything. Oh, that's, that's really you know? cool. Yeah. That's a cool I teacher. Had, two big big paintings in there and and uh yeah i worked my butt off for those things you know and and it was fun you know (laughs) that was my high school career you know i didn't i didn't do well (laughs) wow wow so self-taught and and you know self-taught back in the day when self-taught was self-taught because you had to go to the library or you had to find books yep in a bookstore maybe if you're lucky on you know yeah, so, or you get lucky, you find teachers that really right. care, want to help, you know. Right. Um, and I, I, I feel like I was really, really lucky in that, in that realm. Is that I just I had two amazing teachers that took the time, you know. I didn't have to do what all the other class was doing. I could do my own projects, and they would, they would help me with lighting, and they would help me oh, with cool. paint values, yeah. and help me understand all that stuff. And uh, <clears throat> and it was cool. It was it was. You know, I feel like you can't get that kind of education anymore, right. especially in the arts. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It seems, it seems like they're pulling the arts out of school yep. and replacing <clears throat> it with everything else. This was in know? Colorado? Yeah, Colorado Springs. So did yeah. you, have you talked to them as an yeah, adult? Yeah, I go back to the and talk to Charles Washington. I haven't, Tunson kind of moved out and I couldn't find him. Okay. But Charles, he's he's just old, old guy now big nose gray big hair you know gray beard and he's just he's he's awesome but he's he actually is one of those guys he did a he does a show every four five six years and he paints prolifically but when he sells it's three hundred thousand dollars and it's gone that wow that's amazing he's amazing he's amazing what's his name he's got his pieces 
Charles Rocky. How do you spell Rocky? R O K Y? R O C K Y? Yeah, R O C K. I think yeah, R O C K Y E Y. Yeah, it's been a while. E Y. Cool. Yeah, up. but he's he's amazing, and um, but I you know I haven't talked to him in probably six seven years now at least. Wow. Yeah, I, I had a, a um a publisher pick me up to do two coloring books, two oh, fantasy yeah, coloring. Him. Wow, what a nose! He's got an amazing nose. Yeah. Oh yeah, you see him, Charles Rocky. Yeah. You see him there? Wow. You see so that book? Really Do you see cool. that book he's holding? Yeah. He did that. Wow. He 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 created the cover. He did everything. Wow. He's it looks crazy. amazing. Isn't he cool looking? Yeah. His stuff looks great, too. I like his work. Oh, it's actually, no. The book, he didn't do the whole thing. But he did the artwork, obviously. But I think he had it printed. Oh, wow. Super cool. Super cool. And he does, you know, all those, like, borders you see and the, mm-hmm. the word. He just does it all. You know, Amazing. He, wow, what a lucky... Like, he was a high school teacher? He's a high school teacher. Crazy. Isn't he? He's just insanely talented. Yeah, and you look a... at his his his, uh, his landscapes and his use of color and yeah. depth. And it's just it's Excellent. phenomenal. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. That, so, is, that is fortunate to have found this dude. Yeah. So he, he's just... He's amazing. So when I did the coloring books, I... I stopped by his place when I was in Colorado Springs. He's in Manatee Springs and, and, you know, gave him to and just talked and said, you know, I'm not doing it full time, full time, but I'm using my art full time. Mm-hmm. But I still, you know, so we went through some work and, and, you know, it was fun to show him, look, your time wasn't wasted. You know, I still doing it. Was it you know? was he, did he like, uh, was he happy to see it and appreciative? Yeah. Of- he was so excited. Yeah, we had really good times. And we would do when I lived in Colorado Springs, we would do uh, figure drawing classes together oh, and cool. stuff like that. So it was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So so after yeah. high school, what did you do for for did you start working in graphic design right away or what did you what did you do? No, I worked at a company called Weststone Labs and they did uh, hearing pieces for the hearing impaired. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, and I worked I actually worked with them as a senior and then when I got out I went full time. Doing what? But, uh, they you you actually sculpt the ear pieces that go in the ear? Oh, really? So it really kind of is an artistic job yeah. cuz what they take a negative, right? Yep. And then and then you carve it, cast it, sculpt it so that it can go in the ear custom, you know, and that's, that's what I did. So wow. it really was very artistic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Wow. That's a weird job. So, it was a weird job. <laughs> it's almost like the prosthetics industry for people with like, it is, you know, yeah. disfigurements or whatever. Yeah. So it was really fun. You know, and I, I did that for a long time while well, I, you know, that made my money for a really long time. And that was the company that when, Kind of the internet started really ramping up. That was the company that said, "Yeah." And so I started doing. They paid me to learn how to design. Oh, so that cool. was the company. Yeah, yeah. So once again, it was a family-run business, and I was blessed, and they were amazing. You know, they they didn't want to lose me, so they're like, "Hey." So they moved me, and I was in Seattle. They moved me back down to Colorado Springs. Wow. You know, and and I started learning graphic design. And they just kept paying me for it. 
<laughs> that sounds like a good deal. Yeah. So. So then you went, eventually started your own graphic design company, and here I you did, are. Yeah. Yeah, eventually I just needed to get out of there. I spent a long time there, and it was time to move on. So I opened up a studio and, you know, had one pretty much ever since. <laughs> wow. Wow. And now you're making making your monsters? No, and, yeah. Now yeah. I just do my artwork and... and uh, Ready to start marketing it more, maybe? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, I love it. You know, I, I read, I wish I could remember because I'd love to give them credit, but they were talking about the art has this kind of cycle of things. And he always considered it kind of like a circle. And so, you know, it, it starts with the artist, the conceptualization, the idea, and it goes through the whole thing of, you know, finding reference, blah, blah, blah. But in the end it was, it was, you know, art's meant to be seen. Right. You know, it's meant to be seen. I totally it's, agree it's, that with that. <clears throat> and, and that that's, that's the full life cycle. Now, if, it, if somebody buys it and all that, that's bonus. That's that's icing mm-hmm. on the cake. Right. That's but true. That's a good good way of looking at as, it. As being an artist, it's like you said, it's you're either purging your demons and stuff like that, but it's meant to be seen. Right. You know, um, that's it, the final it, ste- step. That's the final yeah, stage so, to me in in the process of art making is having someone yes, see it. Having somebody see it, and 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 you get to you know through that process, them seeing it is going to you know, affect them. Whether it makes them happy, it's sad excited whatever it does that's what art is supposed to do for people right right? and so it has to be seen and uh and so i kind of took that and i went i went right after instagram because i like the fact that it could be you know it could be seen Mm -hmm. and um not a lot of words have to go along with it and so that's you know i've almost always just strictly focused on instagram Mm -hmm. and like i said i'm not big but only in the last year it went from like 2,000 to I'm, I think I'm almost 18,000 now. Wow, that's great. And, and it, so it's moving along. That's, that's good. Um, and people are seeing people are are seeing the work and reacting to the work. And, and in my head, I'm like, that's what is supposed to happen. People right. are supposed to react to it, and and you know, if it makes them happy or if they just go, you know, whatever it is, yeah, you know, yeah. and they, they text you, you know, and you're like, yeah, that's that's the work right on, you know? And yeah, so, yeah. That's the, that's the, the final process. And I guess what you, you know, uh, the final aspect of it is showing it anywhere. It's getting people to see it. I suppose yeah. when you, if you want to, uh, split hairs, you could go, okay, this is being seen. It's the process is done, but mm-hmm. you could also, you know, wanting to, to move into galleries, like you're saying, I could see to where you're like, Okay, but seeing it in a gallery is sort of like that little extra, extra yeah. step because seeing something in person is just not the same as seeing it on a phone. You know, it's it's you can still have an amazing impact on a phone. I don't begrudge anybody who only shows on Instagram. You know, we all do what we got to do, and it's great for for getting your art out to the most people possible. But, you know, mm-hmm. I've always said it's like seeing a painting, especially a, a painting. But this is true with drawings because the way it, the indentation, yeah. you see uh, Stan Dark Art, Stan uh, Dark Art, Dark Art Stan, you know, uh, Stanislav, I've had him on. He was early in the podcast. His stuff, it's like it are, is full of rage and emotion and the paper is torn and it's like yes. he's pushing so hard on that pencil. And, and it's like it's almost like a relief paint a relief sculpture in a way in the paper so yeah 
you know, as much as, you know, maybe seeing it online is maybe 70% of the experience, I think to get the full 100%, you sort of have to be in the same room with it. You know I, I, mean? I think that's well, hundred percent. I think that's why I'm I'm wanting to do galleries, and stuff, that's what it's, that's what galleries. See it, like, but it's different. Look at <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's so different. There's when subtle you get stuff that person. yeah, that your eyes picking up that your camera can't pick up. And there's also right. an energy thing. I think there's a you know you feel something. You could be in an uh, in a gallery, and you could have a perfect reproduction of a drawing or painting, and you could have the painting. And you mm-hmm. and you could feel which one is the painting. You just know it, even if you can't even see the difference. You would know which I think you would know which one is the yes. painting because it carries like this kind of energy from the from the person. It's not once removed, yeah. you know. Right. Uh, I'm sure on some other level, and this is getting into the weird stuff. But if you believe that sort of thing, I'm sure on some other level, even a print carries some of the energy, but a little bit less. Like the painting is what is. Yeah, I, I direct. I'd even go as far artifact. as saying a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would because I mean I did digital painting for I mean twenty years. Mm-hmm. I mean I, they were good pieces, but there is nothing like seeing an oil painting or seeing a, a charcoal and seeing it in person. And you just there's just nothing like it. Now yeah. I'm not saying the craft. You know, yes, the digital artist still has to know the craft, but there's nothing like an oil painting that's sitting there or a charcoal or anything that's traditional. The experience to me is very different. Very, very different. Yeah. It's like, I I always, you know, I've given the analogy over and over, but I think it's such a great analogy. It's like seeing a band live or hearing the band on a CD. Yeah. Totally huge difference. And they're both great. They're both great ways to experience it. But no one's going to deny that the thing you're going to remember is when, you know, seeing the band, you're getting, it's just, you're getting a full experience seeing, yeah. seeing a band live. You're getting the full experience of, of, of that music. And I think yeah, it's the same. The, it's not overdubbed. It's not, you know, it's not anything. It's yeah. just straight. Yeah. It's like an experience, like a moment in time that's happening. And it's like, uh, that's kind of what's cool about music too. And perform music performances, as opposed to paintings is like, it's ephemeral, you know, it happens and then it's gone and you yes. only have a memory of it. It's like, that's yeah. it. You know, it could kind of exist on video, but that's not the same thing. Mm-mm. And and it's like, if you relate that to painting or drawing or whatever, it's like the, mo- it's, it's like the moment that we are creating it is that moment for when a band performs and we don't really like perform for people when we create the work. It's almost like, the artifact that's left over from the performance is the piece of art that gets sold, which is interesting and just weird. It is interesting. Yeah. That's really an interesting thought. Yeah. It's, it's strange. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's an artifact it of this thing. Cause it's, and it's, I think it's true of the, um, for the, for us, you know, I'm sure it's this way for you. It's about creating this stuff. That's the fun part. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's yeah. satisfaction from having a piece done, but the fun, the meat of it, the thing that gets me excited is creating the work. Yeah. That's why you know, I it's do funny. it. You just saying that I'm just sitting here looking at a, at a couple of pieces. And I, w- I said earlier, you know, like leaving my handprints and stuff or like artifacts. 
it's weird to look at them and think that the whole piece is an actual artifact. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like, well, it changes everything in a cool way. I gotta say, yeah, yeah, it's an artifact <laughs> so, from wow. you doing this thing that you from do, that, and from that visit, yeah, you know, it's yeah. an art from that visit that's left over you know? from, the, and it's like yeah. the experience of creating the thing was the thing, and then what's left over is this uh, piece of art. It's even cooler now. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Art exactly. could be even cooler than it already is. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's a trip, man. It's a trip. I think about I think about art all the time as such a weird, weird thing. I'm sure it makes no sense to certain people. Like, what are you doing with your life? You know, right. people that maybe are just like fully into the stock market and and or investment banking or real estate that are just like, you know, the, as far as making money, you know, this is going to make you so much money and you do this and this and this, and it's like a formula and you follow the formula, mm -hmm. you get the money, you have the life that you want. And it's like, what are you doing? You're doing it the hard way, doing all this right. weird shit that you may, yeah. might not ever sell. <laughs> yeah. Hold up away from everybody. <laughs> I always tell everybody when they're like, oh, man, I'd love to be an artist. And I'm like, dude, it's like it's the greatest gift and the biggest curse that could ever be bestowed onto somebody. Yeah. It's like two opposite ends of the coin, you know, and it, it's, it's this amazing gift. And it's just this curse yeah. of of time and thought and energy and everything that goes into being an artist. Yeah. That that goes along. And it's just two completely different sides that you're trying to meld together yeah. as an artist. It's like a curse. And, and it's like a curse. It's a curse that you're, it's like a curse that is a gift in a weird, yeah. you know, I guess a blessing and a curse. This is a yeah, better way to put exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, you know, because, you know, you, you almost sometimes, I don't know if you ever do this, but you almost sometimes wish you could live in the normal world. Right, yeah. You know, that you could just mm. have a normal job and, and, and make money and, you know, play with your kids and get your cars and do whatever else you want to do. Right. right? And, and not have that, that constant nagging mm. of these creatures, <laughs> characters, you know, wanting to be seen this, right. this desire to, to do something that yeah, nobody the else, really the compulsion, the compulsion. Yeah. And, uh, and you got to do it. You just cannot not do it. Yeah. And, you know, so you're like, Oh, well, hell. <laughs> it's my, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a really strange thing. Uh, oh, I had a really good point. What was I going to say? Here goes my my forgetting for the episode. The thing I was going to say. Uh, let me think. It was a really good point. Um, the weird nature of art. The weird nature of doing a job like art. Spending your life doing this thing that seems to be meaningless to a lot of people, probably. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> you look up, it's gone. It's gone. Then, it's gone. I'm not going to spend any more time on it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, yeah, damn it. I always do this. I swear to God, I do it every episode or almost every episode. And I always remember it later. I'll remember yeah, so it later. Yeah. And if I'm, if I, if I'm smart, I'll, I'll bring it, I'll carry it over. If I remember it, I'll, like, then I'll carry it over to the next episode. But anyway, um, 
Yeah. Okay. I guess that's a good place to end the podcast. <laughs> We're over an hour and a half. I don't want to keep you, but that was a super fun conversation. It was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I love your work. Yeah. I, I, I want to keep seeing more of it. I want, uh, I, so I want much. more people to see it. You know, I want more Thank people you. to see it. So keep putting it out there and, uh, you know, well, I think I am going to build a site now. You got me motivated. So yeah, yeah. Even you know the yeah, you build websites. Right. It's not hard. I know what I'm doing. You know, I can do it. It's like I don't know how to. I don't really build websites. I built my first one, but I didn't know what I was doing. And it's like I don't build websites, and it's pretty easy to do. I just don't have the time to put into it. But you have right. no excuse because you have you know how to build a website. I know. How to so do. you could probably do it in like. An hour or something. Probably pretty good. <laughs> I bet I could do it in a weekend. I bet I could. I bet if I started early in the morning, I could finish this slide oh, off yeah. in a weekend. I mean, but you could have just a simple, <laughs> even if it's like a simple page with a few pictures and your contact yeah. info and a and a way to join a mailing list. Because that's the thing that's a good that point. I need. I, I think I'm, I'm not sure if, I think I do have it. On, I don't know if I have it on my website. But that's one thing that having a mailing list is the is the kind of the ultimate way to have have a home base in case all those mm-hmm. social medias kick you off or you shut down or change the algorithm people can go to your website and they could get on your mailing list you know yeah that's a great idea you know i i, I think the other thing i need to do be better at is just letting people know the pieces are for sale oh yeah for sure you know sometimes you know because people even today people just call and go do you sell these things yeah can i buy one and some you people know? some people especially people that like the kind of stuff that we do they've never even bought art before and they right. and they like don't even know how to go about doing it i get people all the time that are like i've never bought a piece of art i don't know how this works and they're asking you so it's like if you make it easy for them if you have the stuff on your you know get a big cartel shop have everything listed mm-hmm. with buy buttons and everything so they could just go and now you can integrate um Josh G was talking about this on his Patreon. He's got the Art Marketing Bites, I think it's called, where he gives art oh. marketing advice. It's it's so good. It's like my favorite Patreon account. And, Which uh, one is it? It's called Art Marketing Bites, I think. B-Y-T-E-S, okay. I believe. Check yeah, and he gives he's always posting and um uh he he was saying that uh uh I lost <laughs> 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 what, what were we just talking about? We're talking about making make it easy to buy. Oh, they uh, Instagram. You can now integrate your big cartel shop into your Instagram somehow. Really? Like, yeah, you can. You can. I don't know how it works. I haven't tried it, but you can sell on Instagram to where it's like they just you know you could I guess post something and and they go and you could say click to buy and they'll click it and it just goes to the website and I don't think it's in the stories. It's like somehow connected. In okay. to Instagram, I believe. I'm you you can in, you can out. integrate your store your your store into Instagram somehow. Okay. So I will check that out. That could like sure. double your sales easily. Yeah, that imagine. could change everything, really. You know. Absolutely. But anyway, it was great cool, talking man. to you. <laughs> it was so good so, talking so to you. uh people I'll put it in the body of the, the text, but where do people find you on Instagram? Um Eric Messenger Art. 
M-E-S-S-I-N-G-E-R. And good, yeah, it is an I-N-G-E-R. Mm-hmm. And I am on, uh, on Facebook, too, and I do post over there. And that's the same thing, Eric Messenger Art. So Okay, yeah. cool. I'll put so it those up. are the two best places. Okay, and then hopefully ericmessenger.com soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> hopefully no one's stolen the name and holding it hostage. Yeah, no buy kidding. <laughs> Well, excellent. It was great talking to you. I had a had a great time. And um, thank you so much. Let's let's say so- say goodbye to the audience. Bye. Goodbye, <laughs> audience. Goodbye, audience. <laughs>